Coming up this week on AARP, The Perfect Scam. Well, I, I think they're the scum of the earth. That's what I told somebody else. You know, I don't know how they can, in good conscience, do this. They scam old people, and, and a lot of times they get every last dollar they have, you know, and, that, and they don't get it back. Welcome back to AARP, The Perfect Scam. I am your host, Will Johnson, and I'm here with my co-host, AARP's Fraud Watch Network Ambassador, Frank Abagnale. Frank, good to have you back once again. Thank you. It's great to be here. So, Frank, uh, we have yet another scam story to share with our listeners this week. I wanted to ask you about, we've talked about this a little bit before, but the idea of being skeptical, aware, but not being scared about the world and all that, all, all the scams that are out there. I have a quick story to share with you. A family member who uh, got a letter in the mail said the home inspector is going to be coming by just to check on the house and do some measurements and do what they needed to do for insurance and blah, blah, blah. So my family member welcomed the home inspector. They came into the house, went all around, measured things, went outside. And about midway through it, I happened to be visiting this family member. She said, I wonder, you know, I, I don't know if I ever heard from my insurance company before all this. And anyway, long story short, got concerned that maybe this was all some scam. And then I was sort of thinking, well, maybe there is something here. Like, I don't know what they would be doing, but maybe they're going through and know what, you know, taking pictures of everything in your house. Right. So she got a little freaked out. Um and eventually, it was kind of moving into the weekend. I'm trying to remember the timeline, but she got in touch with her, the company, and they said, oh, yeah, we, this is all legit. Everything turned out just fine. But there was like a, a day of sort of concern and worry. And, you know, she said to me later, I, you know, I should have done just what you say to do. You call the company right off the bat. Don't waste any time worrying about something. You can quickly stop and verify. Yeah, absolutely. There's nothing wrong with being skeptical. Actually, being skeptical is a virtue. And uh, I believe that... Just like that, if you have any doubt or there's some suspicion, you know, pick up the phone and verify that that company is legitimate. They're supposed to be there. That's all you really need to do. It's not, it's not difficult to do. And there's nothing wrong with being that way, being a little safe. Be skeptical, be aware, and always feel free to, you know, Google something and get the right number and call. And right, call. and verify. This week, we're going to tell you about a social security scam. We've had other scams similar to this one, but every scam is a little different. And I think we can take something away from all of the stories we hear. This week, we're going to tell you about Ron Webster. Ron is retired, living in Mansfield, Massachusetts. Uh, I'm going to be 78 next month, so I'm no spring chicken either. Family means a lot to Ron. In fact, he's surrounded by family. I have like a family compound here. I got four kids, nine grandkids, and 11 great-grandkids. Wow. Most of, them, most of them live here. After 40 years of working as a real estate broker, he didn't have any plans to retire. But then about five years ago, life took a difficult turn, and Ron's plans changed. I wasn't going to retire, even though I was 72, but my wife had had a major stroke. So I had to stay home and take care of her, along with my Down syndrome daughter. So that lasted for about five and a half years. And then she got uh, what they call septus, and she got really sick from it. They said that she, they gave her less than a half percent chance of surviving, and she did survive. but. She got dementia a couple of years prior to, so her dementia ended up uh, getting the best of her. She passed away last October. Losing the love of his life, his wife of 59 years, was devastating. Ron explains it best himself. Yeah, uh, I'll tell you one thing. I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy, losing your wife. And then taking care of my wife for five and a half years, I mean, she, she couldn't do anything. You know, she was incont continent, incontinent. I had to do everything for her, you know, and, and I think that just made it, made it that much tighter for me, with her, you know. So when this story begins, Ron has lost his wife, and as he explains, his head wasn't screwed on right. 
but he's doing his best to keep busy. In fact, he was planning a trip to SeaWorld with his 41-year-old daughter with special needs. It was a trip they planned for a long time, a chance to have some fun and spend some time together. But then he gets a phone call. So I was out in my greenhouse trying to keep busy, keep my mind off of that stuff. My daughter was at a day program, and I get a phone call. That's how so many of these stories begin, with a phone call, a voice on the other end of the line. In this case, not a recorded message or an offer to win prizes or promises or vacation getaway. The woman on the other end of the line is with the Social Security Fraud Department. She has bad news for Ron. And that my Social Security number was used at five different banks to defraud the five banks, and um, that I was responsible. They've been investigating it for about two weeks. They didn't think I was the one that did it. However, I was still responsible for it. And there was a, a warrant out for my arrest. Uh, holy crap, I never, I got a speeding ticket back in the 80s for going seven miles an hour over the speed limit. And that's the only thing that's against me. So I was like, holy crap, this is terrible. So she said, the Mansfield police will be contacting you because they will have the warrant for your arrest. It sounds kind of scary, if anything. I know, like, uh... Yeah, it was scary and nothing sounded out of the ordinary. I mean, these things happen, you know, I've seen it. But I figured, well, maybe somebody somehow got my social security number and, and did that, right? So that wasn't out of the ordinary as far as I was concerned. Ron gets that pit in his stomach. It's the last thing he needs to hear. 77-year-old man, widowed, just spending time around the house and the garden keeping busy. And he doesn't ignore the phone when a call comes in. Again, a number of calls from the VA because I've got health problems and I'm treated at the VA. And also my daughter, if, if you know she's sick or something happens or a day program, so I have to really answer the phone. I'm not techie, you know, I just got a flip phone. So back to the caller. In addition to telling Ron there's a warrant out for his arrest, he starts telling him what he needs to do to resolve everything. And she told me I'd have to get a new social security number and I'd have to get a new driver's license. It's a lot to take in for Ron, but the first thing that comes to his mind is the trip he has planned with his daughter. This was a Thursday, and on Monday, my special needs daughter and I were gonna go to Florida to SeaWorld because we hadn't been there for 32 years, and I figured we both needed to get away from things. And I had to go through a lot of rigmarole to get her a, a photo ID for her to be able to get on the plane. So the first thing that crossed my mind is, oh crap, I won't be able to get on the plane on Monday. So Ron really wants to get things resolved quickly if he can. I said, what's your phone number in case I have to get back to you? So she gives me a phone number. So I hang up and I sat down, my heart's pounding a mile a minute. So a few minutes went by, the phone rang. Hi, this is officer, it was a woman. Officer so-and-so from the Mansfield Police Department, blah, blah, blah. She reiterated the same story. And she said, we don't have the warrant yet, but now you know that we have a going to have a warrant for your arrest. Don't go anywhere because that'll just make it worse on yourself. Had the other woman told you but, that this that the police would be calling you right back? She told me if you don't hear from the police shortly, give them a call. Oh, okay. Officer, female officer from the Mansfield Police called me. You think it could have been the same woman with a different voice? You know. You no, were... but it was probably in the sitting in the same room saying, "Hey, you're up next." You know. <laughs> you're right. 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 <laughs> but at the time, he's not thinking that. Scammers are working from a script, probably a few of them, hooking Ron into thinking that this is all real. He's hoping this caller from the police department can help him out. So, well, she told me you could help me get this thing straightened out. She said, oh, we can't help you. She said, they're, they're the ones that are going to have to help you straighten it out. I said, oh, for crying out loud, I said, well, all right, what's your phone number in case I have to get a hold of you? The caller gives him a number. It begins with 508-261. 508-261. 
is the Mansfield Police, the Fire Department, and the Town Hall, which I'm very familiar with. So that that rang true, you know, not that I was looking for this being phony, but it just they, they just gave the right number. Ron calls the first caller back, the woman from the Social Security Fraud Department. She answers, and I told her what the what the cop had said, and, and she said, well, I can't help you. Maybe my supervisor can. So she put him on the phone with me, and he said, well, listen, I'm willing to help you, but you're going to have to stick with me. He said, this is going to take some time. He said, we don't know if it's you, a relative, a friend, a neighbor. We have no idea who it is if it's not you. So you're going to have to keep this to yourself until we get this resolved and stay on the phone with me, don't hang up, and I'll work through it with you. I said, okay. A classic scammer tactic, don't tell anyone, keep it to yourself, and stay on the line. And then the plot thickens. So he told me all my accounts were gonna be, they're gonna take the money out of all my accounts because it was gonna be used towards the fraud used at these banks, right? Mm -hmm. So I go to the bank and withdraw the funds. Well, my special needs daughter has a checking account and a savings account, but I'm on it with her, of course. So I would draw the money out of those two accounts. I would draw it out of my savings and my checking account, so I had $3,000. How'd you do that? Did you so go you, to the bank to do that? Yeah, I went to the bank, and he told me, when you get to the you get to the parking lot, he said, pick up the phone. He said, I'll, I'm just going to put you on hold, but I'll be here. Just call my name, and I'll come back on the phone. Well, I, I know I'm not an idiot. My son, oldest son said to me, Jesus, Dad, I thought you were sharper than that. I said, well, I usually am, Ronnie, but cripe since Mom died. You know, my head hasn't been screwed on and blah, 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 and whatever. So Ron takes the $3,000, and the voice on the other end of the line tells him to head to the local supermarket. And to buy these Google cards. He said, you'll see them on the card rack. They go from $10 to $500. He says, you get 3000 so get, um, what's that, six. So, so I said, well, wouldn't it be it'd be a lot easier if I just went home and put it in my safe? He said, well, if you do that, then, then you're not working with us. And how do we know you don't just take the money and take off? And, well, all right, I can see that. Okay. Yeah, so I mean, I you've, already, you, I... you've already robbed a couple of banks. I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah, I know it. Who knows what you're going to do next? <laughs> so I said, okay, I got six $500 cards. He said, all right, on the back of the card, there's a place you can scratch the number, like a scratch ticket. Well, I've gotten scratch tickets before, you know, not many, but I've gotten a few. I said, okay, I see it. He said, well, scratch the number off. That way it proves to you that we that you got the cards. Okay, kind of makes sense, right? So I scratched the number off. And it was a long number, so I read it to him, all, all uh, six of them. Little did I know that they needed this damn number to cash the card, right? So he said, uh, after this is all said and done, you can take these cards and just cash them in. I said, okay, all right, that makes sense, all right. So now I got some um, credit cards. So he said, well, you gotta, you got to max out your credit cards because we're going to attach those too. I said, oh, crap, all right, well, I'm not going to go in the same supermarket. I'll go to another one that's just down the street. He said, all right, well, give me a call when you get there. So my house was just down the street. It's like a thousand feet away. So I, I had to go to the bathroom. So I said, I'm going to skip home first. I got enough time. So Ron swings home and goes inside. His youngest son is with his daughter when he gets there. His son overhears some of the conversation his dad is having on the phone. And my son says to me, what's that, Dad? Is that, a, uh, uh, is that fraud? And I said, no, no, it's all right. It's all right. You know, I didn't want to go into detail. I want the guy to hear because I'm not supposed to be talking to nobody about it, you know. But as Ron is driving off again, his son's words come back to him. Starting to drive down the street, and that word fraud kind of 
planted a seed in the back of my, my mind, you know. After the twists and turns of that day, the phone calls, the trips to various supermarkets and banks, the arrest warrant, all the urgency on the other end of the phone line. All of a sudden, with that simple remark from his son, Ron pauses, turns back home, walks inside. And I put the phone down on the couch and I covered it up with a sweater so he couldn't hear nothing. So I get the house phone and I call the Mansfield Police Department and I said, can I speak to Officer Jane Doe? I'll say, okay, I don't know what her name was. Yeah. And he said, we don't have any such person here. And I said, uh-oh. Looking back now, Ron knows he should have done that in the first place before he got caught up in everything. But that's easy to say now. So I, uh, so I hung up and I called that number that this lady at Social Security fraud gave me and the recording said the number's been disconnected. And I said, double O-O. So with the scammer still on Ron's phone, covered up by a sweater on the couch, Ron's son picks up the house phone and calls the police again. And within five minutes, the guy was here. And I said, listen, the guy's on hold. The phone's on the couch there. <laughs> so he picks, up the, he picks up the phone. He says, hello, hello. Yeah, this is Officer So-and-So from the Mansfield Police Department. Your gig is up. Click. Yeah. The guy hung up. But for Ron, the damage is done. At, at that point, you hadn't gone and con- maxed out everything, but how much were you out at that point? I didn't have a hell of a lot left. Perhaps the worst part of it for Ron is that he might not have enough money for that father-daughter trip to Florida now. And I told my son right away, and then, of course, he tells the other kids. And, yeah. you know, within a matter of a couple of hours, all my kids knew it, you know? Yeah. But what happens next and in coming days changes everything for Ron. So my, my granddaughter, so uh, she went on GoFundMe. I, you know, I don't know none of this stuff. I don't know how it works. I don't know computers. Yep. So she goes on, she told me the next day, she said, I went on a GoFundMe pupper and uh, she said, we already got $1,800. I said, wow, what the heck's that? So she told me how it worked. I said, holy cow, people donated 1800 And she said, yeah, so far. Well, in three days time, there was $5,600 in there. And one person donated $1,000, so I ended up with $5,300 at any rate. And just like that, in, the, in a matter of a few days? Three days, yep. Ron is overwhelmed. Of course, he never actually had to give up his license or social security number or anything like that. So in a matter of days, he goes from losing what he saved up to having enough money to make that trip. I hope the trip went well. Yeah, my oldest daughter went with us. It was actually really nice because even though I see them quite often and talk to them, you know, you talk to them for 10 or 15 minutes every now and then, and that's it, you know. I ended up spending the whole week with her in the same room, slept in the same room. We did everything together, and she spent a lot of time with Sherry, and she saw and heard things Sherry do or say that she didn't know she could. And, you know, it was very, it was very, uh, very enlightening and, and, and great for, for, for both of us because of that. So at any rate, it was, it was wonderful. It was great to get away and I'd do it again in a heartbeat. How does it make you feel to think about the fact that somebody was doing this to you that could never even met you, never even saw you? Well, I, I think they're the scum of the earth. That's what I told somebody else. You know, I don't know how they can in good conscience do this. They presumably get billions of dollars a year and they scam old people, and, and a lot of times they get every last dollar they have, you know, and that, and they don't get it back, you know. And that, that just, I, I just can't comprehend that, how they can do this. I just don't understand it. That's terrible. Well, look, it sounds like you have a lot of kids and grandchildren around. I hope they're taking good care of you. 
Yeah, yeah, they help. Yeah, and I help them. Yeah, we're all in the same boat together. So, Frank, uh, uh, certainly a happy ending to this story. What could have been a, a loss of a lot of money for Ron? Uh, he was able to go on that trip with his daughter. It sounded like it was a really special and important trip. Uh, it, one extra note, the GoFundMe campaign that they set up, actually the local news picked it up, and so a lot of people just started giving money to Ron. One thing interesting that we hear in this is that he hears you know, his son say, oh, that might be a scam, and that sort of plants a seed in his brain. It brings up the theme that we talk about over and over again about how important it is to be able to talk about a scam, share with somebody, break out of that isolation if you can, which is easier said than done. Yeah, I truly believe absolutely before you part with any money, uh, before you part with any information, um, there's someone you can call, whether it's a loved one, a neighbor, a family member, a past attorney, your bank where you keep your money, uh, someone at the bank. Uh, and of course, you can always, as I always recommend, the best resource is the state attorney general's office, who has a consumer protection bureau. That's their job, to protect the consumer. And you can call there and simply say, I received this letter. I received this call. This is what they said. I'm supposed to send this amount of money. I just want to make sure this is not a scam. And they will inform you if it is, in fact, a scam or not. And if they don't know, they'll check it out and they'll say, let me call you back. And they'll get back to you about it. So there are, you know, even if you're in total isolation, there are people you can call. There are things you can do. There are resources out there, including the Fraud Watch Network, where you can call and people there can advise you if whether that was a scam, not a scam. You don't have to be an ARP member. They're there just to help you. These are very knowledgeable people. And I'm of the mind, uh, still of the mind, that most people are good. And that if you mention something that's going on in your life like this to you know, even the mailman. I mean, maybe that's a bad example, but getting that sounding board of somebody to be able to say, hey, you know what? This sounds fishy. This doesn't sound right. Check it out. It can make a huge difference and save you a lot of money and maybe a lot of heartache and a lot of other things. And absolutely. And I, w and I would trust the mailman. If I felt yeah, that right. uh, that was the only person I ever got to see, I could ask the mailman. And again, the mailman says, you know, I don't know, but let me get back to you tomorrow. I don't give anybody any money. I'll find out about that and get back to you. I mean, there's somebody you can ask and just as a sounding board. And this was great that in his case, one of his sons was smart enough to say, you know, Dad, I think that might be a scam. And then he started thinking, well, it could be a scam. You right. know, and, and that's what takes place. And as the story plays out, it sounds like his son doesn't really even waste any time. It's just the first thing he thinks of right, right. for Ron, who is in a much different space, much different, you know, he's older and he lost his wife and right. he talks about a number of things that were going on. He didn't think of it. Right. All right, uh, Frank, we will return next week with another story, another scam and more advice from Frank Abagnale. Thank you. Thanks, Will. If you or someone you know has been the victim of a fraud or scam, call AARP's Fraud Watch Network helpline at 877-908-3360. Thank you to my team of scam busters, producers Julie Getz and Brooke Ellis, our audio engineer Julio Gonzalez, and of course my co-host Frank Abigdale. Be sure to find us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. For AARP The Perfect Scam, I'm Will Johnson. Are you 55 plus? There are many ways your community could use your help. As an AmeriCorps Seniors Volunteer, you can put your skills to work for the causes you care about, whether that's by becoming a companion for an older adult or a foster grandparent for a child, tutoring students, joining a disaster response effort, or fulfilling another interest. Choose how, where, and when you want to volunteer, starting at just a few hours a month. This is your moment to make a positive impact on your community 
and get back so much more in return. Visit americourt.gov slash your moment today 